Rush Truck Centers is committed to making you their top priority. Whether you're looking for same-day preventative maintenance, assistance from their dedicated service concierge team, or 24-7 access to your repair status, Rush Truck Centers offer customizable maintenance plans that cater to your needs. What are you and your truck waiting for? Schedule an appointment with the Rush Truck Center's service department or ask them to dispatch a mobile service unit when and where you need it. Visit RushTruckCenters.com to find your location's details. You can expect more from Rush Truck Centers. Hello, people of the world. I am Rebecca Nichols. Welcome to my podcast show, Finding Nirvana. For me, personally, Finding Nirvana was more about unlearning and becoming who I was destined to be. It's about releasing the shackles and stepping into uncertainty, but with surety that everything is going to plan. The divine plan. It's about releasing fear and vibing high with love. It's about living your truth and being really fucking unapologetic, babe. It's about forgiveness, deep connection, mindfulness, meditation, and hacking your own health and well-being. This is your life, your journey. And on this show, I'm here to support you through sharing and shedding some light. I'm here to empower you to be the highest version of yourself. So stay tuned, subscribe, and tell your friends, because we are going on a journey. And it is a journey, and I am super excited today to have with me um, my good friend, Francesca Seklanova, who is um, a wonderful woman who's doing shamanic healing, yin-yang yoga, and um, new cacao ceremonies, and she is going to be talking to you all about her journey and how she managed to get to where she is today and share her wonderful gifts with the world. So, Fran, hey, Hello. introduce yourself. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Thanks for being here. Thank, Thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So, tell me how you you got into it, how it all started for you, your journey into the world of um, healing. Oh, wow. So, it's crazy to think, to try and talk about and put the last two years um, together. It basically started actually healing myself. Mm. So, um, coming up to two years now... Um, my father passed away so my father passed away to cancer which put me in a really dark place um it was just really a horrible um experience to kind of watch someone kind of just waste away uh, before your eyes knowing that nothing you could really not do anything to help um so a couple of months after that, I decided to go on a, to go backpacking, basically. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> so I just I started to go backpacking um, because I felt like I really needed to disconnect from everything that was familiar to me here to kind mm. of process everything that was going on in me. Um, I felt like I couldn't really heal because I had to put up a front with my mom and my brother and just like this feeling of having to have it together. Yeah. Um, and I really felt like I couldn't 
be or honor what I was feeling um, because I had to be strong for everybody yeah. else. Yeah. Um, and it was funny because it's when you're grieving at the very beginning of when you grieve, people you get so much support from people. Mm. Everyone's there for you. And people think as the time goes on, oh, she's fine now. It's been six months. She's fine. Mm. But actually grieving, it works in the opposite way. Mm. At the very beginning, I was in complete denial. Mm. I remember my friend calling me and I'm like, oh, no, I'm fine. Like my dad's passed away. But I was like, no, I'm, I'm cool. I'm absolutely fine. But then actually as the months went on, mm. the reality started to kick in. Yeah. And... Um, that's when I really needed the support. Mm. That's when I really needed the help. Yeah. But by that point, people were like, oh, she's fine now. It's been six months, seven yeah. months. Yeah. That's interesting. I, let's just stop there and think about how we grieve. Because I think I, this is a conversation I have with a lot of people on how we process grief and how an individual process grief. Some people just aren't very good at processing grief anyway. Doesn't mm. matter what it is, let alone a loss of a parent. Obviously, um, a loss of a parent is something that is going to happen in yeah. our lives, you know? Um, and we can never really be prepared for that. Mm. Um, and, you know, people grieve over loads of different things. Loss of, you know, family members to loss of jobs, to loss of relationships, to loss of anything. And I've, I've experienced grief, not in the way that you've experienced it, but I have experienced grief from both loss of uh, a relationship which I believed was something that I was going to be in for a long time if not the one mm. and then obviously I find massive financial loss as well and and all actually all at the same time and so you know we we all experience loss and that is actually a very normal part of life totally um but yeah we're also individual and how we deal with that and how we go on that journey to you know recover or rehit or rebalance or get back who we were even like after a heartbreak you know you have to really find who you were before you went into that relationship you have to find what made you happy without that person you know like you you spent many years on your own probably being happy and maybe some people don't i get it because a lot of people go to relationship then another relationship yeah, some yeah, people yeah. don't even know how to be happy on their own oh totally like i was in a relationship my into my entire 20s mm, and sorry. then that's okay and then basically when that happened like not only did my dad pass away but i lost my job i was made redundant and i was coming out of a really narcissistic relationship yeah so all so, at once so like was, kind of like made out so, so so much darkness all in a very exactly, short period of time it was all coming together and it was literally like the lesson of learning how to let go yeah like that was my main lesson for like 2017 2018 was learning to let go and coming back to who I am yeah um and I felt like I had to leave the UK mm. to figure that out yeah I understand that I get that and I think um I've definitely done something similar in my life where I've just kind of go right I need to get out of here I need to get out and find something better or something warmer or warmer climates will help me or I don't know or yeah. change the scenery because in that space maybe you don't have any other distractions or you don't like to say have a people that remind you of what's happened your responsibility yeah. for your for dealing and holding it together for your for other family members yeah, yeah. So just taking yourself away to, to, to heal is, you know, it's and a very it's powerful thing. And I think so important because so many people, when they go through something so traumatic, what happens is that instead of actually allowing it to surface and honouring the feelings for what they are, we begin to suppress them. Mm. And for me, I did not want to be one of those people where something so traumatic happened to me 
that I then placed it in a little box, closed the box, and then pretend to continue with my life like everything was okay. Yeah. I wanted to be completely transparent with myself and be like, you know what, I'm not okay. Yeah. This is how I'm feeling. And mm. because at the very beginning, I suppressed everything. And then I was making myself sick. Mm. I had alopecia, I lost weight, I was coming mm. out with eczema and hives. And yeah, internally. Exactly. And it was reflecting of you out on the outside. Obviously, we know the inner, the, what's going on with us, inner work, emotions, everything has an effect on our physical. Exactly. Yeah. So I felt like, you know what, I really, I need to... To be able to move forward, I really need to be able to to feel this experience, to honour where I am in my life and to... Because I really believe that in the darkness, you know, we, we really suppress the darkness, you know, and this is where we really need to learn how to sit in the darkness and be okay with that. Yeah, shadow um, work, powerful. Exactly, shadow work yeah. is... It, it really helps to bring us back into balance and yeah. to experience it so we can learn to let it go yeah. instead of suppressing it, which is something that we do a lot of because we don't, we don't want to, we don't want to experience pain. We don't want to feel it. No, no. And we were like just having a little chat before we came on and, um, you know, how, you know, it's quite natural or not even natural, but normal for people to just go into places of alcohol or drugs or yeah, these other things and escapism to to deal with the, 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 dark, the darkness of life. And sometimes that's okay because sometimes, you know, people uh, needed that yeah. to get through it. Yeah, I've drunk know, my way that's... out of some depressed times, believe it yeah. or not. I've drunk my way into happiness. I know sometimes but it doesn't it's work temporary. for everybody. It doesn't work for everyone. Um, but I know sometimes in my life where I've actually done that, but there's, that was who I was at that time. I don't think I would want to do that now. Yeah. Um, just because I know the negative effects of alcohol in the body. <laughs> I, yeah. I, do, I think I'd want to have a healthier place to vent or whatever and that's okay but the reality is at some point we need to we need to face it yeah um so yeah i went backpacking i literally was a complete surrender to to anything and everything and i believe that when i actually realized that i'm not in control Mm. um the universe just started to open up so many opportunities and it let i believe like that trip led me exactly to where i needed to be it led me to the right people it led me it led me to like meditation sound and yoga Mm. like yes i did yoga but i didn't have like a very disciplined practice yeah sound i never experienced sound a sound session in my life Mm. yet when I read about it, I was like, this is what I'm going to do with my life. It just made sense to me. <laughs> and meditation, like I remember a guy that I used to work with was like, Fran, I feel like Vipassana, but Vipassana would be really good for you. I had never heard of Vipassana before. But I was like, okay, I'm going to apply for it. And so what is that? So Vipassana is like a 10-day silent meditation retreat. Right. right. Um... And a lot of people are like, oh my God, you didn't speak for 10 days. And I'm like, well, actually, the not speaking for 10 days was the easiest part. Yeah. I guess for you at that time, what dealing what you were dealing with, maybe the silence was what you needed. Yeah, definitely. I felt like I definitely needed that silence to be able to quiet my mind. But I was so 
oh my gosh, it was just so profound what actually came to the surface. Anything that you, you're really deeply suppressing will rise to the surface within a Vipassana. Um, and it, I just gained so much clarity from it. Um, I would really, just meditation itself, we really, I think... It's, we all need it. We all need it. It's <laughs> it the, is silencing and just stillness. and Grounding. Obs- and observing, I think. Um, one thing I'm always telling people is... Like, be this observer of yourself and your thoughts in your life. Be this observer of what is happening, past, present, future. Like, be just be in a place where you're not trying to be anywhere else. Yeah. As well. And the thing is, it's that's the most powerful thing about meditation is we're learning to be in the present moment. Yeah. You know, we're not pondering in for the future. We're not dwelling on the past, but mm. it's in full acceptance of where we are right now. Yeah. And to allow whatever we're feeling to come to the surface, but to also u- utilize our breath. And exactly like you said, becoming an observer, knowing that our emotions are not what define us. We mm. are not our emotions, mm. but to be able to experience our emotions so we can gain insight so then we can actually experience it and learn to let it go. Yeah, it is. The Latin word for emotion is, well, emote, is actually to move out. Oh. And it's something I learned when I was doing Reiki. And I, that's something that's always stuck with me and something that I always will share with people when I, when I talk about emotions and how it's all connected to the sacral chakra and that it's okay to feel whatever you're feeling and honour that. But know that it's it's we are meant to move it's, the emotions are meant to move past us and through us yeah. and not meant to consume us. And so what happens is a lot of the time something will happen to us emotionally and we still carry that emotion for many months, for many years even, you yes, know, because yeah. we're not, we're still carrying on that emotion. Like, we, you know, we're living our day-to-day life, but we still have, we're carrying the emotion of something that happened to us five years ago, ten years ago, I don't know, maybe even you're having a bad morning, but you're still carrying the emotion of what happened to you that morning. And you mm. could have easily just let it go, accept, accept it, move forward, you know, focus on something else. We're just caught up in it because we can't let it go. We don't know how to actually let things go. What would you be your advice for someone that was, is struggling to let things go? I like... For me, I just always truly believe that we need to be able to hold space for for wherever we are. So I really believe that we we truly need to be able to hold, well, learn to hold an honest space to to really feel where we are in any given time, um, because. <laughs> it happens don't worry <laughs> um so yeah so just truly be able to to feel to honor where we are um because the worst thing that i believe that we can do is to suppress our emotions emotions mm. are like represented as the element of water yes 
So, That's why they're connected to sacral chakra. So that is the element of that chakra. Yeah. Allow emotions and to flow, flow yes. through us. So, yes. you know, if you think like emotions are energy and motion. Yes. So emotions need to be able to flow through us. So mm. then it can come out of us. Yeah. And this is the release part. This is the release part. Um, and something that um, I'm digging into a little bit more and understanding myself as the work I do. And, um, you know, and I call them, I like to call them energy centers for people that, you know, want to understand how it works like each chakra is an energy center um and that's one way of just explaining it really simply and i like to explain these things really simply (laughs) as well so people can get it and Mm -hmm. not in a complicated way um a lot of the time that when we're when we're working through these energy centers we get up to a certain point and if we're not doing that release work a lot of the time the energy is getting stuck it doesn't know where else to go and what happens is that a lot of the manifestation of the physical problems happen in the first three chakras. Mm. And so if we're not opening up in the heart yeah. and in the heart chakra, once we've passed all the, you know, and we get angry, we get angry, it can get stored in the solar plexus as well. And that can lead to digestive problems, that mm. can lead to kidney, livers. You know, there's two chakras there, the solar plexus and the, the sacral chakra. A lot of problems can happen physically, you know, um, there with, with digestion, fertility, mm. you name it. We could be all day talking about that side of things. But what I've noticed is when I do that breath work, when I open my heart up, you know, because we're all going to get angry and we're all going to get pissed off and someone's going to say something and you're going to get triggered by what happened and you're going to yeah. have a memory um this is the importance of what you do in the yin in the in the in that that yoga and what tell me about the yoga anyway because i know yeah. i i i love it and i want to be more doing it and sometimes i can't but there's something just getting on my wheel and opening up my arms yeah and doing that movement and just focusing on my breath so powerful yeah breath work and this is where what i do i really believe is is just so powerful because what I do is like with sound healing and I do yin yoga. It's all about yes, yin our... yoga. I'm calling it yin yang. What is it? It's called yin yoga. Well, I do. Well, I am trained to do vinyasa, so that's the yang. Right. Okay. Cool. And then yin is the complete opposite. So right. a yang practice is like your vinyasa, your ashtanga, yeah, which is creating. Creating heat within the body, it's more muscular movement. Oh, right. movement. It's yeah. more movement. So, like the the yin is more breath and more calm. Is that what you say? Yin is a complete opposite. Where you traditionally hold poses between between three to ten minutes. Yeah. But you're fully supported with props. Yes. So, um, if you think yang is more creating, mm. yin, you're because you're holding the poses for a longer period of time. You're bringing your focus inwards. Yeah, it becomes get that more inward focus it's more meditative yeah it's reflective i think that's me because i tend to be more energy an energetic person anyway you know yeah. and so i'm kind of always on the go and doing stuff and a lot of movement in my life yeah so actually i need the well, breath this is everybody, everybody yeah we're in a we're living in a very yin deficient society yeah um, I hundred percent agree. Every single person should be doing a yin focused activity. Yeah. Whether it be sound or yeah. yin yoga. Yeah. One hour a week. Yeah. Which at is least completely doable because Absolutely. what are we doing to restore the balance mm. of our yang? Yeah. You know, so if we're like, if we're because we're living, we're, like, we're we're Londoners, okay, people. So it's what you need to understand. <laughs> we're Londoners, where you probably need to have about three jobs to to live. Like, yeah, and so, exactly. so um, 
Yeah, and I guess and that's an, it can be an overactivity in those first two chakras where we're so focused on materialism and creating. We're so outward focused. And, yeah, and it's like, come on, I've got to do it. Come on, do it. And hustle like, this mentality, hustle mentality. Yeah. I and yeah, yeah. It's um, so yin yin and sound basically helps you to come back to yourself. Yeah, takes you back into your heart chakra. Yes takes you back into a space of feeling rather than thinking. Yeah. So it's helping you to reconnect to your intuition and to strengthen the con- the connection between your heart, mm. your intuitive heart and your logical mind. It's weird. Because I we're think, living in our heads. I feel you. I think actually me doing my showers is my yin. It's weird mm. because I'm in there and it's like I do five, six minutes, but I get really, really, really hot. And I, and I get it up to the point where I can't get it any hotter as much as I can take, which is probably a lot hotter than most people because I'm a bit insane like that. And then I take it really, really cold. Mm. And I'm doing a lot of the breath work while I'm in the shower because there's no way you can stand under a cold shower and not be able to breathe. Yeah. And it's actually more getting beyond my mind. Yeah. And, and, and just having that moment with myself in the shower, which is probably the only time I actually get completely to myself <laughs> Mm. in the day with, with a newborn baby who's not even newborn anymore <laughs> but breath is so important yeah. as well like we don't realize that um if we know how to use our breath the breath is so powerful the breath so. can the breath helps to oxygenate the body yes but then also the breath um helps to ground us yeah and this right. is and coming into a yin practice because in yin, we're working with the different meridians. So it's Chinese yeah. philosophy. Right. So we're working with different meridians of the body. Different organs house different emotions. Yes. So hip openers tend to trigger like um, kidney and... Yes, um, it's, all sac- it's all sacral chakra. Yeah. Um, meridians, which house anger and fear. Yes, definitely. So when you're like in a hip opener and you're there for five minutes... I know for myself, in my own experience, I hated yin yoga. I hated yin yoga. Why? Because I wasn't ready to be in the present moment. Mm. And yin Most of us are. And that's the thing. Yin forces you to be in the present and moment. And I do that move, like, cross legs open, yeah. just sit there like this. For but five. come back to your breath. Yeah, and then... And actually, then you do feel it. I mean, I stretch out a lot. I do a lot of running. I do a lot of biking. If I don't open up my hips, then I find I'll get a lot of tension there anyway. So I kind of have to always do those movements where I'm doing it. And I think this is also something that I'd love to see in the world is that we're just taking our own initiative to do it. And we're doing it when we, we have that that feeling and we're taking ourselves out of whatever situation that's making us crazy and whatever and we're having this regulation of self which actually is all about the sacral chakra because it is about self-regulation and it's about compassion and it is about having that compassion for self yeah before you can even understand it for someone how can you give compassion to someone if you don't know you can give it to yourself you're learning to to cultivate you know the yin aspects of cultivating love compassion tolerance for yourself because if you're able to to do that for yourself then you you understand that you can give that to others yes um and it's all and the thing is the most powerful thing with yin is it's more than just stretching out your muscles improving yeah. your range of mobility you're working with energy you're working yeah. with your emotions learning to sit in uncomfortable situations <laughs> and positions but learning to not be triggered by it I need to come and, and see you and yeah. have, have a go. This sounds fab. I mean, literally, because I know that it, uh, challenging um, getting away from from my life st- life here. It's with a lot baby. of shadow work. Yeah, yeah. 
but that's kind of like I found when I was pregnant and I was doing yoga um I was just in a really good place and I knew I needed to be to be able to get through my pregnancy and after and having to deal with a lot of stuff that was going on my mind in my pregnancy as well Fran actually came and saw me when I was pregnant and she did me the bowls so which actually brings me in nicely to talk about the bowls because um a very wonderful experience that I had with you with the bowls Mm, and just tell me how you even got because you were saying that you were going to go off and do the bowls (laughs) and this was going to be your new thing in sound and then you ended up wherever so just that story is great so tell me about that well I was in Indonesia and there was a guy who was offering sound healing so I was like oh this sounds interesting so I contacted him and I really wanted to try a sound session But then he finally got back to me and he told me that he was no longer in Indonesia anymore. He was in Mauritius. So I was like, oh my God, that sucks because I really wanted to try a sound session. But then we started to connect and he was telling me a little bit more about it, which then kind of, I don't know, it triggered something in me. Mm. So I just became naturally all of a sudden so much more interested. And I've always really been connected to music and how music can make me happy it can make me sad frequency i can cry yeah and it just made sense how sound healing has this healing ability Mm. so literally without even experiencing a sound session i was already like okay when i go back to london i need to train and do this So actually, when I came back to London, within two days, um, there was a lady called Lola uh, Lamo who was running a course. So I was just like, oh, wow, divine timing. So literally two days after I got back from traveling, I did the course, loved it. It just felt so natural to me. Um, Obviously, doing the training, I obviously got, I was like, experiencing sound for the first time and I just felt so much healing and so much shift within me Mm. I was just like it it makes total sense how frequency and how sound can affect us yeah and each one's connected to each chakra you know each and obviously we know each chakra is connected that's got frequency that's attached to it and that's obviously something you work with even with the bowls, right? Yeah, so each, basically, so each uh, bowl uh, relates to a different chakra. Um, but um, if you just think, it, it's so funny because lamas and high priests have been doing sound healing for centuries. Of course. <laughs> you know, they were onto something. These, You know what I mean? A lot of people are like, oh, it's a lot of hippie talk. But it's so funny it's because ancient wisdom. now it's like, uh, science is starting of to course. back we know sound. this. We so know this. So now it's like it's yeah. acceptable. No, but look at rife. Society, look at life. Right? Rife frequencies. I don't know if you know about rife frequencies. Mm-hmm. Something I spoke about. He actually discovered the frequencies were altering the cells in the body, and he was actually working on healing cancer long ago, then nineteen seventies, and but all his work got stopped. Why? Well, not, uh, not any money in sound yeah, healing. But, um, <laughs> yeah, there is. Um, there's. I've seen um, TED talks um, yes. where they've actually spoke about obviously cancer is a really big topic for me but um obviously because like my dad went through yeah. it, but using frequencies they actually were able to shatter cancer cells yes but that's an entirely like you know no i know i know but this is just this of course it is and i think it's just good to highlight that and let people know as well that there's there's so many alternatives to definitely. what we think is the be all and end all of healing our bodies and it's definitely not always in a pill 
um, and actually by doing this work, by honouring who we are. Because it was, I don't know if you ever saw the Hill documentary. I'm always banging on about that. You've got to go see the <laughs> Hill documentary. Well, because there was a woman there and she had stage four cancer. And she was just someone who yeah. actually did have um, a very good lifestyle in terms of what she was eating. Mm. And so you kind of look at that and you go, well, how the hell does someone who has this really healthy lifestyle have stage four cancer um and actually she went to see a spiritual psychologist mm. and did a lot of the work that you talk about and i talk about a lot is the shadow work is going back into her childhood and looking at how things and she was holding on to anger oh yeah definitely. and she was holding on to anger and she wasn't ex- she was she just wasn't expressing that anger she was getting angry but she wasn't letting that out yeah. one way or another and i think even myself i was holding on to a lot of anger um, over the past few years of things that have happened to me and things that I did but I sometimes we're angry with ourselves because we know better mm. we've done things and we go oh god I don't know I didn't listen to my intuition that's my biggest thing my intuition was always there telling me and I didn't listen to my didn't intuition but also my intuition has led me to some amazing places yeah. as well and I think I'm at a point now where I'm like my intuition is my G, like I'm listening to, <laughs> it's my home. We're tight. <laughs> we are tight, like my intuition says no, I don't give a shit what anyone else is saying, it's like I'm listening to that and that's kind of like the inner pilot, that we all, or the inner guidance system, if you like, it will just always be, you know, leaning, that we can lean into and that Louise Hayes always spoke about is that, that that is your, that is always going to lead you into great places if you're willing to, sit still long enough to listen exactly and this is the beautiful thing with sound healing is if we can allow ourselves to be in complete surrender with no expectation of what we think is going to happen in a session but just to let go Mm. sound not only like does sound uh slow slowing down our brain waves from an active uh beta to theta yes it gives us access to different states of consciousness. Yeah. Um, come, takes us back into a state of feeling rather than thinking. It, the frequencies make subtle yet really powerful shifts within oh, us. Oh, I, I just, sorry guys. I just, I, it was the, one of the most incredible things I've experienced. Yeah. Everyone needs to try it. It just, it just changed me and I can't even explain. Like I came away, I was like, I feel lighter. I feel like... It shifted something, it did something, definitely, like... Yeah, I always say, like, in sound as well, it's like, we are, we are like an onion. Yeah. You know, we have, throughout this lifetime and many lifetimes before, we've accumulated layers and layers and layers of hurt, pain, trauma. Yeah. And because it's, we live in a society of, you know, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. Yeah. You know, we've not really dealt with the emotional uh, pain. We've basically suppressed a lot of things that we've gone through and housed, and which is not great, you know, we're we're housing hurtful emotions within our bodies when really we should have just allowed them to flow through and out of us. But what sound does is with frequencies, it's releasing blockages, energetic blockages. It's kind of peeling away these layers of this onion, of us, you know, layers. It's slowly peeling away layers of hurt and trauma and Mm. in in sessions people see colors they have memories come to mind they have visions or 
emotions come to the surface sometimes yep. people are Cry. crying yeah totally and you know because that's important the exactly. release is it's forcing them to release in so many ways than, exactly. than they would on their own yeah and the and the and the most powerful thing is is like you know there's two types of crying there's the crying of <laughs> victimizing yourself you yeah know, like oh my god and you don't want to be there yeah but then there's also that crying of okay i'm i'm observing this mm. i'm allowing these tears to flow out of me and not and the thing is, is as well with sound like people have these experiences and they're like why they want to dissect it and understand why why and it's like mm. but it's our problem exactly our problem is that we have this feeling of we feel like we need to understand everything yeah we don't no you're right all we need to know is that it, it's surfaced mm. we've experienced it mm. it needed to be released and mm. now let it go yeah that's it that's it yeah. Um, so yes, I think we overcomplicate our lives a lot as well. So. <laughs> oh no, totally, completely, a hundred percent agree with that. But yeah, the, that's the beauty of sound and yin. It's really reflective. It's you know you're learning how to integrate the shadow. Yeah. Within this vessel, within this lifetime, it's you know it's the power of the you know our evolution of our soul. Yeah. Yeah. No, hundred percent. Um, it's been great talking to you so far. We've got a little bit of time left. I'd love you to talk about um the cacao. <laughs> oh, cacao! <laughs> I love cacao. Um, wow. So, oh, where do you even start with cacao? Like, obviously, in this day and age, cacao is mainly known as a superfood, mm-hmm. and rightly so. Yeah, you know, cacao is um, it's full of vitamins and minerals it's the highest has the highest amount of antioxidants than any other plant it's so nutrient dense it is it has like 1200 different uh chemical and components that make cacao cacao so it's the most the most complex plant on the planet um it releases uh, serotonin and dopamine into the brain it's a natural antidepressant it um it's it's just so 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 good for us yeah um and rightly so it should be honored as this superfood yeah yeah it is yeah but cacao was and this is how i use cacao i like to honor and use cacao um more for our spiritual development yeah because cacao was in the very beginning, it was literally worshipped by the Aztecs and mm. the Mayans. Yeah. It was used within um, mainly between uh, ceremonial and um, ritual spaces. Mm-hmm. It was used for sacrifices, marriages, um, rituals, ceremonies. Caca- they worshipped the plant. Um, it was even at one point even used as currency. Wow. It was so powerful. Shamans um, used cacao to yeah. um, gain access to different dimensions and to make that um, that trip more uh, profound, they mm. would incorporate spirit. So they mm. would call in the spirit of cacao, which is called ish cacao. Um, so I like to use it more in a meditative state. So mm. it's more mindfulness. Mm. Um, cacao acts like a bridge between the physical and non-physical realm. It has something called theobrobin, 
which because um, a lot of people get that kind of you, if you have a quite a high dose of pure cacao it can give you that jittery kind of feeling like you feel like your heart's pumping out of your chest mm-hmm. and that like, means a bit like coffee exactly sometimes. it's like coffee but it doesn't have the same surprisingly it doesn't have the same amount of caffeine it actually right. has a really small amount of caffeine but what it is it's the theobrobin right caffeine affects your nervous system yeah theobrobin actually increases your cardiovascular you're right. increasing the blood flow to your brain by like 40 percent. oh awesome <laughs> so and naturally um it's because it increases the serotonin, dopamine, and obviously has high amounts of magnesium, so it naturally helps mm. to relax our and muscles. Actually, actually, I was reading something, that we're all probably a little bit deficient in magnesium. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> so um, it really helps to... Um, just incorporating, like, cacao with sound and meditation, it just it really helps to release any blockages around the heart. Wow. You know, and it all, it all comes back to this yin aspect. Yeah. Coming back to this female energy. Of yeah. Coming back to the heart, restoring that balance. Yeah. Um, and she she works in such a delicate yet powerful way. Mm. She hasn't really been given that respect because she's not psychoactive mm. like other big medicine plants. Mm. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, she she gives you what you need. Yeah, I've always loved cacao and and just like even my son, we have like the dark dark chocolate. He loves the dark dark chocolate more than he loves yeah the light milk, which is like you know not many people do because it's such an acquired taste, isn't it? And it's yeah. that bitterness that not everyone really likes. Okay, yeah. but yeah, it's the, it's the quality and the 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 benefits, the health benefits. You just can't you can't really ignore. Yeah, but the thing is, it's like how did. You know, the also like the, the theory behind like how did then cacao come as this spiritual elixir, which mm. was worships all those years ago, was mm. used for spiritual um, development mm. to like now it became a superfood because what happened was was the Spaniards when they went over they they found out like oh my god cacao is amazing mm. but it was at a point when it was brought over to Europe that. It was at a time where the Catholic Church was so powerful. Right. There is no way that the Spaniards could have said, I found this amazing spiritual drink. Mm. Like, the church would have yeah. been like, this is blasphemy, this is... Yeah. So what happened was, cacao had its spiritual roots cut off. Wow. And it was not... Now, they, the spirituality of cacao was then eliminated in Europe, but it was promoted as a medicine. Mm. And then, obviously, at some point, Nestle got involved and yeah. completely pulverized cacao. Right. <laughs> but I, you know, it's amazing how cacao is coming back. Yes. Because I really do feel like she, she, there is a shift in consciousness. Yes, hundred um, percent. And this yin aspect is is coming back. The balance is slowly res- it, the balance is being restored. Yeah. Um. So yes. I love cacao. Um, I work with cacao. I take it daily. Wow. Um, now you want me to... you got me wanting cacao now. Slowly. <laughs> now you've got me wanting cacao in a big way. Um, and actually, going back to a love that I had for cacao a few years back, I just started getting into it. And actually, maybe for me, on, on a level that I didn't realise, I was waking up myself spiritually. Because it just started in 2014 that I, I fell into this world. A bit like you. Mm. <laughs> but it just meant 
it just felt so right that yeah. I I go into you know the chakras and energy and whatever whatever it just felt like this was why I'm here to, to do this work it just feels like coming home yeah. in many ways of course and the thing is you know I really believe that we have all the answers within us yeah it's just learning like if I think about it everything that I do now I had really no experience like two years yeah ago, but I yeah had, I had no idea but I know the thing is, I feel like if you're true to yourself and you you follow the whispers and yeah. you follow the signs, the universe will literally conspire everything to, to make, make it, it happen. happen. Totally. <laughs> so, yeah, know, I'm. I feel like I'm definitely like living proof of that. Yeah. No, your story is amazing, and that you've now helping so many other people deal with you know whatever they're dealing with in a, in a, in, a, in a powerful way, in a peaceful way as well. Just kind of like getting them into a place where they feel safe as well yeah definitely and the one beautiful thing that i really love with uh, cacao ceremonies is that all these people are coming together different people Mm. um had it have not been for the cacao or people's love for cacao or sound maybe these people would never have met Mm. and it's coming together and creating a sense of community yes that's powerful you know i believe in that yeah feeling this feeling well this inner feeling like we all want to feel like we belong yeah we we this is what we're missing yeah missing this feeling of belonging and Mm. community yes and and ceremonies create that yes all these people who do not know each (laughs) other yet they're sharing their intentions they're sharing probably like really deep stuff that they're going through and people feel they they feel safe and supported and i think that's the most important thing i feel for safe and supported and like there's not any judgment in that space exactly and at the end of the day we're all go we are all on this path together yeah we're all going through it together so there's like i really when i i literally like my whole grief um journey i literally shared it on social media yeah and i really believed i got to a point i'm like why should i feel embarrassed no way yeah of putting my vulnerability out there no and i'm the same at the end of the day we're all going through transparency matters no matter where you're whatever you're doing and i think we're in a place where we want more transparency online we want more authenticity online and that is what is needed because how many people are looking at you on social media and they want inspiration or they want guidance and they want healing and if you can't be open and honest about your struggles you know then you know i i I just think you're going to you're not really helping people in the long run if you can't be authentic you know yeah thing about me i'm like I'm always going to be real. A bit like mm. this, I'm not going to just give you the good bits. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm just exactly. Going to tell you what, I'm having a great day. No, because some days, you some know, days are going to be shit. So you're going to have a shit day, or or you're just going to feel what you're going to feel for that day. But you know, it's having these tools. It's not staying in the darkness. No, it's having it's these tools to move. We can we grow like the light is what gives us hope yes but in the darkness is where we grow Grow. like a seed like i say you know the seeds grow and they go in the darkness and you water them and you give them sunlight and you know and you believe and you know it's gonna grow (laughs) you just you you nurture it and it's gonna grow and so the darkness is actually necessary for us in so many ways exactly and not all this spiritual bypassing (laughs) you know but just get to the good bits yeah exactly but you know to get to the good bits we need to do we need to we need to have good foundations. Yeah. 
yeah. I felt that with my own journey that, you know, even though what I wanted and what I wanted to be, I had to go through a lot of darkness in order to get there. Like, it wasn't It's going to be like, okay, now you can be this energy healer. No, because there was a ton of work I had to do on myself. And it was only fair to the people that I work on and work with and teach that, you know, I'm going to be true to myself and to them to show them that like despite everything because i think sometimes people put you on a pedestal in this world as well like Mm. in terms of like if you're a healer or you're a coach or whatever that you're some kind of perfect human being yeah (laughs) yeah it's true and but the thing is what i find really amazing is that i was able to share because i really felt like when i was i wish there was someone out there that i felt like i could if I could put what I was going through out there and help somebody else... Same, yeah. Then that's what made it all worthwhile. Of course, exactly, exactly. And I, and I feel the same. I absolutely feel the same. So, guys, we're going to be finishing up now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to send over some information here as well. So, you've got a direct link. You can follow Fran on Instagram, follow her story, follow her journey. And she does going to... She's great, actually, because she does, you know, share a lot of her life and behind the scenes of what happens with her. And you can catch her at so many different studios around London at the moment. But again, if I put all the details in here, you go on her Instagram and you can find out more information about where she's going to be in London and where she's going to be doing her yoga and her sound healing. Well, thank you so much, Fran. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Thanks for being here today. It's been amazing having you here and talking about all these wonderful things guys i will see you um next week i've got some great guests coming up on the show um jane hardwick collins um super excited to have her talk about women and menstrual and moons and pregnancy and all that so until next time take care stay aligned and divine at lowe's every pro is an mvp to us it doesn't matter how big or small your business is if you're a plumber roofer electrician or remodeler your business earns back when you spend gets exclusive offers and paint rewards it all adds up to help drive your business join lowe's mvps pro rewards and partnership program today minimum purchase required earnings and paint rewards awarded as lowe's e-gift cards exclusions restrictions and more terms apply Valid through 12 31 22 see lowes.com slash l slash pro loyalty terms subject to change u.s only